welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name's Warren Shute. I'm here today with the delightful Paul. How are you today? Good morning, Warren. I am great, thank you. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Very good. Bit of a change of environment today, change of scenery. It's a bit sunny in the conservatory where I normally record them. So I've come into the lounge in uh, Hillaway in here and um, looking forward to the weekend. I'm down in London the weekend, going out today. Um, got a couple of meetings uh, with different people and then um, I'm on a course tomorrow, which is uh, wonderful. All exciting news. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, speaking of news, I was hoping you might shed a little bit of that, that light that you're hiding from on some of the topical stuff that's been going on this week. So there's a chap called Neil Woodford has been in the news this week. Mm. And can you tell us a, a bit of his background and why he's in the news? Sure. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Neil Woodford is a fund manager, which basically means he manages money. He manages money that might be in an ISA or pensions. And he manages money for both individuals like you and I, but also big institutions as well, like county councils or things like that. Um, he started his career, well, he started his career before that, but he really started his prominent career with a company called Invesco, Invesco Perpetual, where he ran the high income fund. And he did that very well for a number of years. I think it was like 20 plus years, 25 years. And he's become a bit of a household name in the investment market. Um, companies like Hargreaves, Lansdowne and others have really sort of flagshipped his fund because it did particularly well. Um, and he's a bit of a brand ambassador for investing, really. So if you've not heard of him, it doesn't matter. But if you have heard of him, it's probably because you're in the investment market, you've bought a few things and you've read about his funds and you've heard his name. It's because back in the day, you know, back in the 90s, I would say Neil Woodford and the chap called Anthony Bolton, who ran the Fidelity Special Situations Fund, were two really stellar performers who did particularly well uh, through the 90s. Now, Neil left Invesco Perpetual, and I believe he set up his own fund in 2014. Um, and it's really then, since he sort of tried to really build his own company, and that's the fund, that's the company that's in the news of late, of the last couple of days. And um, what, what's been going on with it? Why is he making the news? Because it's not for the good reasons, at least, that I've seen. It's not. The reason he's made the news is because one particular institutional investor has withdrawn a significant sum. I think it was £250 million from his billion-plus portfolio. Um, and what you've got to understand is, an, is a, um, a retail investor, is if, you, if you imagine managing money, your outcome is to match or beat the benchmark. So therefore, you need to be invested in the, in the stock market. So you hold a very small amount of cash so when someone comes to you and says they want 250 million you don't typically have that in cash so you need to make sales you sell certain shares to do that to liquidate them so let me go back a second. So i want to make sure it's really clear for everyone when you invest money in a fund that fund is made up of a number of different individual shares and there'll be a small amount of cash now, it could be bonds if it's a fixed interest fund, but for this particular fund, it was shares. So you owned a portfolio of shares in the UK and a small amount of cash. One of your investors, one of your, uh, comes along and says, well, I'd like £250 million back. Well, you probably don't have £250 million in cash. So you have to go out and sell some of those shares. That takes time. And then that, that cash, uh, that uh, relinquishes into cash. And then you can pay the individual back. I don't think there's any problems with the whole setup. 
But of course, Neil doesn't have 250 million pounds in cash just to make these sales. Some of these shares are not an appropriate time to sell them. So maybe he's either made a commitment or maybe it's on a downward track, he wants to hold on. So to stop what we call fire sales, so stop everyone saying, I want my money back, I want my money back, almost like a run on a bank, like we saw in Northern Rock in the um, financial views of uh, people outside the bank, they just said, what we're suspending sales. So what that simply means is we're not allowing any investors to sell any of their units until we've raised enough cash to fulfill our obligations. And what they'll probably do is make a few sales. They'll meet the um, request for this 250 million, this, um, I think it was a council uh, requested. Um, and they'll probably raise a bit more because they're expecting other people to make sales. Fundamentally, underlying, Neil, as a fund manager, hasn't changed. So if you agreed or bought him with his strategy beforehand, yes, there's an argument to say that it'll be a bit turbulent because he'll be making sales of shares that he possibly doesn't want to. But actually, his strategy and his ethos hasn't changed. Um, but there's a lot of news. And the thing that really does get me with the media is it's they want to put the bad spin on it. And it, I'm not here to put the good spin on it. I don't think you should be invested with Neil Woodford full stop. And I'll explain that in a second. But if you, I'm not here to dictate to you what to do. I'm just here to explain to you what you should consider. But if you are invested with Neil and you like his fund and his strategy, he's going through a tricky time. Um, the performance hasn't been great of late, but hey, all funds go through cycles. The same guy managing this money was the same guy managing the Invesco Perpetual Fund for 25, I think, years um, and did particularly well. You should consider allocating some of your money towards it, not all of it. Um, and I was a little bit disappointed um, reading some of the news comments. I think it was on the BBC. One chap said, um, I invest the money. I didn't expect it to fall 20%. Guys, listen to me. If you invest in the stock market 100%, expect it to fall 50%, five zero. Okay, don't start at, at some point. That is not, not overall, just at, yeah, at some point. Yeah, definitely. Don't go crying or whinging or saying, Oh, I didn't expect it to go down because it's already gone up. Yes, markets go up, markets go down. The stock market as a whole has a trending range, it trends up, but it does retrace, pull back about. 50% it period. So in the financial crisis, the dot-com crisis, it pulled back 50%. Those periods will repeat themselves. We don't know when, but they will. If you expect it, you won't be disappointed. So only invest the amount of money you can afford to tie up for a long period of time. And that's a key point, a long period of time. Why this council is coming to Neil and saying, we want 250 million pounds back sort of now, why didn't they give him more notice and say, hey, look, can we stagger it? Can we withdraw this money over a period of time? This is what we want and work with him. Because investing is a long-term thing and it's a relationship between you and the fund manager. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's the nutshell of where it is. You know, the guy was a household name. He'd done particularly well for a number of years. Um, he set his own fund up 2014. I think it started well, but he's gone through a difficult period of time over the last couple of years. A big investors ask for the money back because they don't hold that cash. They've said, right, no one can sell any shares. We're going to sort out and raise this cash in a bit more. Then we'll open the fund up again. You can have the cash back. Um, something similar happened around about 2000 with property funds. Um, I think probably 2007 as well. These things happen from time to time. 
Um, they're not regular, but they do happen. So. Okay. All right. And I think you've got some some information that you can share there on kind of just highlighting the performance of the funds and and yeah. one of the reasons why you say be careful about who you're investing in and what's what, what's going on with that. Coming back to our old friend diversification, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on the screen now, you can see a chart from 2004 until the present day, and it shows four lines. And those four lines represent the FTSE 100. And I put that on there because you'll probably be familiar with that. That's the Financial Times Stock Exchange 100 largest companies. It's an index in the UK. And that's the red line, line D. Uh, and the line above that, line C, is the AFI aggressive. The AFI is basically a collection of some of the larger wealth management companies in the UK. And it's kind of like their average portfolio. So it kind of gives you an indication of what a typical wealth manager, financial planner is returning for their clients on a portfolio level. And remember, a portfolio is a collection of investments. It's not just one investment. Um, B shows you the Invesco Perpetual High Income Fund. So this is the fund Neil ran, um, I think, from about 88 um, all the way through. So this is showing you from 2004. Um, so he had hold of this fund. He was in charge of this fund. And then he left in 2014. So from 2014, Invesco Perpetual as a company carried on with this fund. Okay, but Neil didn't run it. Neil had left the company. So there's another fund manager uh, in charge of that. And you can see of the more latter years, the fund, particularly sort of like 2016, 2017, it falling in value. And then the purple line, A, um, is the Lexington equivalent. So that's 100% equity portfolio um and globally diversified and uh, it's coincidence that it, it's top my, my outcome wasn't here to choose a date range uh, when it did that uh, then one of these charts must start in 2004 uh, 2004 hence the period of time there but i think it does show just before you go on to the next one it does show a couple of things one just to show that it's not it's not you trying to say hey guys look my funds top if you look at some of the earlier years the the funds have changed in performance hey do you know what um, when investing, diversification is your friend because what you're doing is you're spreading the risk. So if you concentrate the risk, you are the chances are you could get a higher return, but you equally have a higher chance of a, a higher loss. Okay, so okay, good. And, and this is something you, you talk about a lot, and I think your next chart really highlights this quite well, doesn't it? It does, yeah, but the reason I want to sort of explain that is because Neil's fund's possibly done better in periods because it's more concentrated. So you only need one or two shares to do particularly well and your fund rises. But as we're experienced today, you only need a couple of shares not to do well and the fund will pull back. And that pullback is why I believe um, some of these people are asking for their money back and it's causing him challenges. So the next chart, this chart that you can see on the screen here, um, this chart here shows from 2014 to the present day, and that's basically showing you when Neil Woodford's fund, so this includes an additional line, it includes the red line at the bottom, E, which is the Woodford Equity Income Fund. So this is Neil Woodford's fund. Okay, so this is Neil Woodford's fund. Um, it's had a period of up, you know, from the beginning up to 2015. It's risen along with the other ones, um, but do you know what? It, it's pretty mediocre. So he's had a tough time of it. 
And it just shows that you need to diversify. You can't just expect just because someone's done well all these times, it's going to do well. It's like going to the horse races or dog races. Just because it's won previously, it doesn't mean it's going to win a game. You know, the markets give you your return. It's very difficult for these fund managers to beat the market. And that's why I harp on about index investing, passive investing, because you get your share of the return. But it's also about diversifying globally, making sure you've got your money in America, 51, 52% of the world market capitalization. So this American stock markets have about a 51, 52% influence on the world market. You know, most of you listening will either use a Microsoft, an Apple, a Google, Facebook. You know, these are American companies. So um, the chart here shows similar to what it previously, the previous chart shows, but a shorter period. So since 2014, the E, the line at the bottom, is the Woodford Fund. This is the fund that Neil Woodford manages, what we're talking about. The line above it, D, is the Invesco Perpetual High Income Fund. So this is the fund that he was managing and how that's done. So you can see it's not necessarily Neil's decision-making. It's, um, it's the investment strategy, the process in which he uses. He's basically what we would term in the business as a value investor. He's buying very cheap companies, expecting them to um, recover. Um, Warren Buffett is a similar type of investor. These, these strategies go through periods of um, positive returns and negative returns. He's just going through that period. Um, the line above it, C, is the FTSE 100 to give you some kind of benchmark. B is the average of these wealth managers, the AFI aggressive. And then A is the Lexington portfolio. Okay, so that's the one that you can get on Lexo, um, Lexo.co.uk. It's the 100% equity portfolio. So, you know, what, what I'm trying to say to you guys is um, if you want to be an active investor, okay? If that, if for whatever reason that's your boat, then you need to allocate money towards these fund managers and not do it in isolation. So never put all of your money with one fund manager's fund. Make sure you're allocating it. Make sure you diversify the money, not only in the UK, but internationally to go to the Americas, emerging markets, Europe, um, and possibly include fixed income in there as well. At any one time, one of these sectors isn't going to do particularly well. And at the moment, it's Neil's turn. But he's getting the news headlined because of two reasons. One of the, um, his household name, but also two because of the, the suspension on sales. Um, but really, my recommendation to you would be to consider index for investing. Um, you know, investing globally, buy passive, keep your fees down. Um, and that's what the, the Lexington portfolios are doing. Um, really because you take the emotional side out of it. Um, you, you take the intuition of the fund manager trying to beat the market and you accept the market return. Um, does that kind of make sense, what I've said? Yeah, somewhere? that's good. And then, then let, let's, let's really reinforce that diversification thing because what, what are we talking about here? He's obviously, you said he's much more concentrated. What, what sort of numbers are we talking about? Okay, so this is a fund fact sheet for the uh, Woodford Fund. You can see at the top here, uh, the Woodford Fund up here. Okay, and then if I come down to this section here where it says fund size, you can see the size of the fund. That's 3,712.3 million. So 3.7 billion um, fund. It's a huge fund for a fund that is so new, really. is It's a real baby of a fund. Um, the 
portfolio breakdown, um, it did surprise me, if I'm honest, when I saw this. Um, the guy's got, according to this, 105 holdings, which is a very, very concentrated portfolio. Um, you know, the Lexo or Lexington portfolios have about 10 and a half thousand shares in them. Okay, and this has got 105. Now, we're not quite doing like for like. I'm being completely open here. We're comparing a fund with a portfolio. But even still, the individual funds that we would suggest for um, components of clients' portfolios would have far in excess of 105 holdings. So you can see 30% um, of the money is in the top five holdings. Um, over half of the money, 64%, is in the top 20 holdings. Now that's very, very, very concentrated. So when you've got other, you know, it's, hard, it's difficult for the retail investor. And this is why I say, go back to index investing because you know, do you have the time, ind inclination, desire to do this level of research on your funds? Um, and do you know what to look for? And if you do, then, okay, great. Go on and enjoy the process. I do have some friends and a couple of clients who enjoy the process of analyzing shares and analyzing funds, and they, that's what they like to do, and they try to beat the market. But, hey, guys, life's too short. Go and enjoy yourself. Go and do some fun things. Go out with your family and friends. Enjoy life. Um, and if that's the case, you still need to invest, but you can just do a globally diversified index portfolio, um, make sure it's well diversified, uh, make sure that the risk of that portfolio is um, reflected in your tolerance and your capacity. So how much you can accept as individuals to so sleep well at night, but also um, how much you can accept financially. So if it fell in value um, and just leave it, leave it alone. And you, you can see from the first chart that you, know, you would have had periods where you would have underperformed but you'd have had periods where you over outperformed and overall, Hey, you've got less risk because your your this a here has got 10 and a half thousand individual shares in it. B, which was the Invesco petrol fund. I guess it's got a similar amount to um, Neil Woodford's. Um, I don't know. I've not looked at that, but let's say it's got a hundred or so in there. Um, maybe it's got a couple of hundred. It's significantly less. So you've got more performance, less risk diversified, um, and you've not had to worry about an individual waking up in the morning saying that, um, okay, I'm going to have a good day. Um, because I, I'm sure right now that uh, it sounds unkind to say, I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure Neil's attention isn't necessary a hundred percent on managing his money because he's got the whole media thing to sort out. He's got the redemption to sort out. He's got a team of people working with him, but Hey, it's his name on the fund. So, how does that sort of help you as an individual, Paul, um, shed some light on the whole Neil Woodford thing? Well, I think it, it really highlights what you've just gone through there. It really highlights the messages that you've given consistently and you, all the time I've been working with you, you've never deviated from it. Length of time in the market is important. You must be looking long-term. Do not look short-term. Things will come down, and, and we're seeing that here. And the, the second thing you've always talked about and really emphasized, diversify, diversify, diversify. And I don't want to pick on this one fund because it's very concentrated and that's worked for him sometimes. But again, for, for me, I, I, I don't want to take that much risk with my money and therefore that diversification 
it, it's real world highlighting the 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 theories that you've always talked about on on these videos and written about on your on your site yeah yeah absolutely it's the way we've been managing our client you know i've been in business now for 25 years 24 years um 24 years and we use these portfolios with our clients and we have some very happy clients um who have experienced these types of returns um if you want to be active that's your prerogative is absolutely fine but make sure you allocate some money towards these funds not all of it expect the portfolio to fall down and remember neil as an individual and his strategy hasn't changed he did tremendously well before he's going through a tricky period write it out um you know write it out Ho hopefully that's of um you know of use today shed some light on it if there's anything that I would you would like me to cover, if you have any questions on this specific thing, I can't give advice, but I can certainly answer questions. Um, message me either through Facebook, email, wherever easiest for you to do so, or on the uh, YouTube, YouTube link. Um, thank you so much for watching, uh, listening. I appreciate it. Leave, leave me your reviews, and I will speak to you next week. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Cheers, Laura.